We, we have a very special guest with us this morning, and I'm, I'm going to move out of the way quickly so he can share with you. Um, this young man I have known for a lot of years. We got acquainted way back when our church first got connected with Bethany World Prayer Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. In fact, he uh, helped plant one of their uh, churches there, and uh, later on, the Lord divinely directed him to the city of Birmingham, and God has chosen the city of Birmingham to raise up a church that's affecting not only the whole southeast, but a whole nation now. Um, he and Chris Hodges, who pastors there, are real good friends. In fact, they served on staff together and had a long history together, and both of them uh, just felt that call of God. So he's in the, the very beginning and the roots of that little church over there that's called Church of the Highlands. Anybody heard of that? Um, this is a conservative figure. They probably run much more than this now, but last time I heard, they have 40,000 on Sunday. That's, that's a pretty good size little church, isn't it? 40,000. They have 19 locations all over uh, Alabama and especially in the Birmingham area. And not only that, I think there's 18 uh, services they have in state penal institutions all over the state. I think they're in every state-operated uh, penal institution in the state of Alabama. And they're, they're having multitudes come to the Lord every week of the world. Um, and when I say 40,000, I'm not talking about an Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, they, I think they went over 100,000 this year. But um, they're, they're, this church is really impacting uh, the nation and the world. And also, a, a part of all of that ministry that God put together, they're all so interconnected that uh, you can't really talk about one without talking about the other. But the, uh, the premier church planning organization, I think in the world right now, is an organization called ARC. And um, that was, I think Hillsong was there. I mean, not Hillsong, but... Uh, Church of the Highlands, I think, was the first church plant out of that ARC movement. And um, Reverend, his name is Michael W. Smith. And um, several people have asked him to sing Friends Forever, but he's not going to do that. This is the real Michael W. Smith. <laughs> that other guy's just a singer. This, I, we bring you the real Michael W. Smith. Uh, but seriously... Um, that, that he, he oversees the global network of the ARC ministry. So they're planting churches not only in America, but a number of nations in the world. And I've asked him to share a little bit about that this morning. So uh, I hope he'll tell you a little bit about what ARC does and, and how the Lord's using that to impact nations now. We thank the Lord for it. We're just honored to have him with us today. I want you to help me make him really feel welcome to New Hope. This is his first time here. Will you, will you welcome Michael W. Smith? Hey. All right. How you guys doing? All right, can I brag on, uh, on Gary's hair in the video? I'm liking that, man. You got it going on. Got it going on. 
Hey, it is, uh, it's great to be with you guys today. And uh, the nine o'clock service is good. Don't get me wrong, but I tell you, you guys got some energy in here. Y'all have had your caffeine. You've been drinking some coffee and y'all are good to go. And uh, man, it's great. Love your worship band. And uh, it's uh, amazing. Uh, can I brag on your pastor for just a minute? He's a good man, isn't he? And uh, you know, Pastor Pastor Rich is is a respected man in this house. Obviously, I, I feel that you're highly honored, but respected outside of the house as well. In in the church world, we have gleaned and benefited from your integrity and your walk and your leadership. And I just say thank you for your years of years of serving and you and Miss Faye. And it's, a, it's an honor to be here and uh, just appreciate the opportunity to share with you. And uh, I'm, I, w- I won't go a long time, but he did ask me to share a few words about ARC. And uh, ARC is, uh, it's really a neat story, to be honest. It's about six guys got together at a little fishing camp in Louisiana back um, 18 years ago. And they were thinking about the church. And they said, there's some great things happening in the church in America, but there's also some weak places. What can we do to add value? What are some of the weak places? One of them was that pastors um, often found themselves isolated and, and lonely. And they said, whatever we do, we got to make sure that we, can, that we can have a family vibe. We can have a place where pastors can have friends and authentic relationships and talk about things they're going through. A, a, a second thing is that the culture in America was shifting. And what people knew, people knew about Moses and Joshua and all of that back in the 70s and 80s. And by the 90s, they clicked around and there was a lot less context from that. Some of you may have walked in today. You don't have as much context. People are opening their Bibles. You don't know where to start. You don't know what Old and New Testament means. Can I say it's a safe place? You're good. Just come in here and just relax and and, and everybody will help you with that. But the culture keeps changing in America. So what does the church have to do? The church, uh, uh, the church doesn't need to change the gospel, but how you connect with people keeps changing. And it keeps the church on the toes. And, the, and, and God didn't design the church to get stagnant and, and to get inward focused because then they can't reach the people on the outside. You have to keep evolving, not the gospel, the way you connect Everybody with me. And then the last thing is that couples would approach us and they say, hey, I got a dream to start something in Milwaukee. I want to go start a church in LA. I want to do something in Seattle. What do I do? I mean, that's a whole different game. And so we said, hey, they don't need somebody to preach to them. They need somebody to show them how to do it. How do I build a team? What do I do six months out? And maybe put a little money in their hands so they can buy some equipment. And then when, once they get going, we'll take that money and we'll give it to the next person. And so that's the way it started. The first year, two churches were planted. We weren't on anybody's radar. We were just doing our little thing. The next year, three churches. And then five churches. And uh, as of today, we've planted over 800 churches all across the United States. And if you could see, yeah, that's, that's great. We can clap our hands to the Lord. It's well, look, we're just, I'm in no way boasting on what we're doing. We're a small sliver of what God is doing in the earth. But I'm just saying we have a lane we're running in, and I think we're helping some couples. And if you could meet some of these church planters, you would, 
you would love them. I mean, they're great couples just doing some amazing things. And uh, so I work on the global side and, and we don't technically plant churches in other countries, but we have had leaders that approach us and say, how do you do this? We'd like to start one in our country. And so me and my team, we work with those guys and, uh, and help them. And so we now have an ARC in Canada, in Ireland, in the Netherlands, in South Africa, uh, Australia, a couple of places in China that are more sensitive. So I don't just bring them out in public and may have one by the end of the year in England. So anyway, it's a lot of fun. God is doing great things, isn't he? All over the earth. I'm so glad to be alive. I'm going to bring a word that I hope will just be, I hope it'll be something you can walk out of the door and do. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> when I walked into this place, I felt the culture. I felt the love. I love the diversity. I love uh, the, 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 the feel that I have here. And, uh, and I, love, I love what I see the church doing, being the hands and feet of Jesus. I went down to the uh, uh, bridge, uh, under the bridge yesterday uh, with Pastor Roger and the team there. What an amazing ministry. 12 years. 12 years that's, uh, they've celebrated. And just uh, amazing. So... I want to talk this morning for just a few minutes about building a bridge with someone, building a bridge, a relationship bridge. So let me pray and then we'll get going. Okay. Father, I thank you for this amazing church. I feel at home. I felt it when I walked in the door. I thank you that, um, I feel, I feel loved up here and I feel like we're all tracking together. We all want to be more like you, Jesus. We love you and thank you for opening our hearts to what you're saying in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I'm going to start off with a, a verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. They'll probably put it up on the screen. Verse 17, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Well, I'm glad about that right there. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. All this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. So if I can park there for just a minute, I'm really grateful for that part. I didn't bring myself to God, okay? I was in a low place. I was, in a, uh, I was away from God. And he brought me back to him through what Jesus did. And it says, and God has given us this Task. Everybody say task. I know you don't want a task, a to-do item from church, but I'm going to give you a task. Brought us this task of reconciling people to him. He says, he reconciled you, so he wants us to reconcile the world. He said, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. That's rich right there. Because of what Jesus did, the Bible says later in this chapter that God made Jesus who had never sinned take my sin upon him so that every morning when I walk out of the door of my house, I'm right with God. Totally, completely, 100% right with God. He loves me. He likes me. And I can hold my head up every day. Now, am I a work in progress? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a ways to go. I'm not there. But because of what Jesus did, 
I'm totally, and, 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 and we can be totally right with God. Everybody tracking with me. So he says, this is a wonderful message of reconciliation. So I want you to think about that for just a minute. God looked at you. He said, man, you're away from me. You got sin. How about I do this? I no longer count your sin against you. You can be totally, completely right with me. Now, I want you to go do that with the rest of the world. So I would say to you that that is the task. I mean, what, are, what, is the, what is the purpose of the church? Well, there's a lot of things we do. We disciple, we feed the poor, we, we, we do clothing. You guys are amazing at that. And, and one of the best churches I know at that. And so we have a lot of tasks, but maybe one of the biggest is helping people get right with God. To get reconciled. Now here's the deal. I think, I, I submit to you that it may not be as hard as we think. I submit to you that God would never give us this task and say, I need you to go do this. And then it becomes so difficult that we really, it's just a pain to do this. I think God wants, I, I think he's made it less difficult than we've made it up here. I think, here's what I think. I'm just full of thoughts this morning. So <laughs> it's 11 something. So you're good with my full of thoughts. But I think, I think sometimes we group people into kind of two groups. We got one, one group of people that really want God. They walk in the door. Man, I just need the Lord. And they get born again. And we just say, oh, that's the way it should be. That's the way God meant it to be. And then there's another group on the other side that we look at and we say, wow, you know, I don't think he's too interested in the Lord. I just, I, I just don't know, man. I, I see his countenance. I talk to him about the Lord. He's not interested. As a matter of fact, this younger generation, they don't want the Lord. This thing's just a mess. It's just a mess. And in our minds, we start raising up all these preconceived notions. Do you know what I'm saying? And maybe God is doing something on the inside that we don't see, but it causes us to kind of shy back because we're not too sure that he's doing something. So you guys hang in there with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read one story. I'm not going to read the whole story, but... It's Acts chapter 10. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible about Peter and a guy named Cornelius. And let me set it up this way. Um, when Jesus was on this earth, I don't know about you, but I would have enjoyed being in his, I would have enjoyed being a disciple. I, I, just, I just think that would have been great. I think Jesus was... Look, he taught, he probably corrected those guys at times. He probably, um, you know, he was off healing the sick. He would take off and go pray and leave them dangling. They didn't know where he was, you know, and all this stuff. But I tell you what, I bet he was fun. I bet Jesus was cutting up. I bet, I bet Nathaniel would say something goofy and Jesus would say, Nathaniel, you come out with that every time. You're so crazy. And, and, but I tell you, he, you know, I just think it would have been great. And they spent time with Jesus. Jesus knew them inside and out, just like he knows me, like he knows you. He knew their insecurities. He knew the things they were good at, the things they were, you know, intimidated by. He knew what Peter did the night before Jesus was crucified. And, and, and yet Peter was his man. 
And so when Jesus got ready to go to heaven, he said, now guys, go do the church. You can do this thing. You can, you can do this thing. I know, I know you're insecure. I know you're intimidated by this. I, you can do it. And he said, to be honest, it's to your advantage that I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you with this. So, so here they go. They start the church. Y'all know a lot of this, but I'm just setting it up. So the day of Pentecost comes, the Holy Spirit comes down and Peter stands up to preach and 3,000 people get saved. Boom. They're off to the races. The church has taken off. And I mean, it's, look, it's got its, it, it's got its, I mean, it's going well, but they, they're having to figure out how to take care of the widows and, and uh, they're starting to meet in small groups and things like that and got all kinds of things going to have some light persecution where they say, don't speak anymore of the name of Jesus. And then other times they had heavy persecution where they were flogged. I mean, things were just going, but the whole thing was with the Jewish people. Y'all remember that, huh? God had intended for the message to come through the Jews. Jesus had Jewish lineage, and so God brought it to them. But everyone in the back of their mind, I think, knew this thing's got to get out of the justice circle. We got to get it over here to the Gentiles, which are the non-Jews, like most of us in this room. We got to get it over here. But it's a complicated issue. Very complicated. Because what does it mean if I'm a Gentile and I get born again in a meeting? Are they going to take me into the back room and say, now we got to do some circumcision? You know, we got to get this straight. We got to talk about some animal sacrifices here. We got to get you obeying. They said, oh boy, 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 we need a task group. We got to get the theologians together and kind of fix all, figure all this out. And I think they just kind of set it aside. So I almost, to me, it almost looks like a picture of the church here. And they got to get out of the church and get to the broader audience, but they don't know how to do it. And God had a plan. As a matter of fact, God didn't see it quite so complicated. God says, it's not complicated at all. I'll fix it. So here comes a man named Cornelius. So let's pick up there. I'm going to read just a handful of verses. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius. So we got a military guy on our hands, okay? You guys got uh, Fort Gordon here, right? Big military base. He's a military guy. He was devout, a God-fearing man, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about three o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said, Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, your gifts, your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received uh, by God as an offering. A little later in the story, he actually says, your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now, sin for a man named Simon Peter, who's in Joppa. Here's, th think about this for a minute. I still, in my mind, I've just, I've got, I'm contrasting, I'm back and forth. I'm thinking about the Jews over here, down there around Jerusalem in the vicinity, and they're, they're doing their thing. They're doing church. 
But God says, I got to get you over. I got to get this message out of the church. I got to get it to the full body here. We got to get it not just to the Jewish people, but to the Gentiles. And so he has a man, Cornelius, and he says, that's my man. Now, what was Cornelius doing? What caught God's attention? Two things. He was praying. He was given to the poor. Now, he's a military man. I don't know what his countenance looked like, but it may have been a little stern. I mean, he's got a bunch of troops under him. He's got to make this, you know, he's trying to keep everything going and all of that. And so people on the outside might have looked at Cornelius and said, man, I don't know about that guy. But he was God-fearing. He was praying. He was flipping some gifts to the poor. God says, that's my man. Isn't that interesting? How many Corneliuses are in our lives that we look at the outside and we don't think there's any action inside, but God is doing some things inside and actually takes notice? How many people do you work with, do you go to school with, that they don't really know how to pray like you do, but they, they say some prayers. They say, God, help me. Y'all know what I mean? And so here on the other side now, we got Peter. Peter's going up to the roof He's hungry. He's just sitting there. Uh, maybe he's preparing for the message that night. Got to preach, preach a good word to the church. Got to get to the church, you know, all of that. But he has a dream. And this sheet comes down from heaven. And there's different kinds of animals. And the Jewish people had grouped animals as clean or unclean, having to do with sacrifices and what to eat. And, and so Peter was staying away from the unclean. And God said, hey, don't call what I call clean, unclean. It was a weird dream. And he had it three times. He said, what is God saying? And about that time, the door of the house, somebody knocked. And it was Cornelius's guy saying, I need you to uh, come. And Peter says, God is doing something. So Peter goes with them. I'm going to read just a couple more verses and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on. But uh, Peter goes there. He walks in the door of the house. Cornelius has gathered his family there. And Peter starts just talking about Jesus. That's the one he's been with, right? And so in verse 43, Peter said, Jesus is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message and the Jewish believers who were there with Peter, who came with Peter, were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. And that day, it switched. Just like that. Was Cornelius the poster child of what it was going to take to reach the Gentiles? Did they have a picture of Cornelius up in the Jewish headquarters and they say, okay, here's going to be the guy that's going to bring it in? I don't know. I think Cornelius was a surprise to them, but he was over there and he was catching God's heart. Everybody follow what I'm saying? So two things, two things I get out of this story. Number one, how many Corneliuses are there in your life? How many people have you maybe discounted as not being that interested when God says, oh, I got, I'm, oh yeah, yeah, I'm not moved by that at all. God knew in the Old Testament, he, he said in the Old Testament, he said, look, man has a problem with this. Man looks at the outside, but he says, God looks at the heart. And so if we can get beyond that outer shell, do you follow what I'm saying? And we, can, and, and we can see 
Maybe what, if we can be sensitive to what God is doing. The other side of this equation is not just the Cornelius, but who is the real problem with? Peter. Now look, let's cut Peter some slack. Peter's the head of the church. <laughs> I mean, he's the one that had revival services and 3,000 people got saved. P- P- Peter's, Peter's, Peter's not going the wrong direction. He's just not sensitive to that. He, he hadn't thought of it that way. God had to deal with some mental blocks in his mind. Do you follow what I'm saying? And it, it gives me hope because look, I've had mental blocks. I've said, oh, you know, I just, in my mind, I can't, I can't figure that out. And God said, you don't have to worry about that. Let me be God. Look how easy, I'm going to move on from this point, but look how easy God made it when Peter just walked in the door. All he was was obedient. He just walked in the door. He just built a bridge. That's what I'm calling this. I didn't know y'all had a ministry called a bridge, but I just like the term bridge because I think that's what we as a church do is we bridge the gap. Peter just built a bridge. And he started talking. He couldn't hardly get his words out. He couldn't get to the altar call. He just started talking and the Holy Spirit came and they just, all of a sudden it kicked off that day. I just submit to you, it may not be as hard if we can get out of our brains a little bit on that. Everybody with me? Now, I, I, I want to give you three points and as I kind of wrap up. Three, three, three things that I have, that have helped me. And, and I want you to think of it this way, because we, we got a room of extroverts and introverts in this. We got, we got all shapes and sizes. We got all different kinds of personalities. The key is not for you to go out of the door and build a bridge to everyone. Key is to go out and build a bridge to someone. Someone. Not everybody. You don't have the capacity for that. Someone. Who is your Someone. And it may change. It may be this someone for a little bit and this someone for a little bit. But who is your someone? Anybody with me? Now, three things. Number one, consider their value and look for ways to connect. When you consider your someone, think, consider their value. What's on the inside? Look, we all got dirt on the outside. We all got some things on the outside. But, but on the inside, there's gold in us. There's gold in the people that get all covered up. When I was at the, uh, um, at the service yesterday with Pastor Roger and those guys, he asked me to just share a word. And I was, uh, you know, I, I wanted to encourage those guys. And what I said was very true. I believe it with all my heart. I said, there's, there's destiny in you guys. There's gifts in you. And, it, and, and, and for some reason, it just came out as well. I said, there is brain power in this group. There's intellectuals. There are smart people at that service. And sometimes we look at people that are a little displaced or disenfranchised and we think, okay, well, this, this person's been through this and we prejudge how things are. But I'm telling you, there, there, there is gifts in your people there. As a matter of fact, they've been planting churches Man, just giving and planting churches. There's gifts in the people if we, if we can value that. And then we look for ways to connect. And look, God, 
I just think God wants to take us where we are and use us the way we are. So some of you guys love fishing. I'm telling you, that's your point of connection. Some of you guys like cars. Some of you young people, people, you like video games and you like Netflix and you like music. There's ways to connect. I have yet to find some way I can't connect with somebody. Consider, I use that word, consider. Open your mind up to the fact that inside there is depth. There's destiny. If I can just look for a way to connect, not with everybody, someone. Number two, consider their journey and ask questions to learn more. Consider their journey Ask questions for more. I, I went up to some of the guys yesterday at the bridge, a couple of them, and I just said, hey, what's your story? And then you know the key when you do that. You got to sit back and listen. Don't be formulating the next thing you're going to say. Well, I'm just looking for a way to get John 3.16 out. No, chill out. It's, it's all good. But what's your story? I used, to, uh, I, I used to be a youth pastor. Still got youth in my heart. And... Uh, I, 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 I tried it. I'd encourage my youth with this, you know, this, this little, I don't know how I framed it up back then. It was a long time ago, but I would consider, they would go to school. I remember one guy went to, went to his high school one morning. Some guy was getting his books out of his locker and just all hung over from getting drunk the night before. He could have said, man, you better get your act together. You're going to hail, you know, <laughs> but he didn't. He said, man, he said, uh, what's up? He said, man, my parents announced last night they were splitting. He said, it's messing with me. He said, well, Mike's got a Bible study. Why don't you come tonight? Let's pray. The guy got saved a few, uh, a few weeks later. But you, 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 you just, what, what's the journey? What's the story? I got one. You got one. When I first ask somebody, what's their story? A lot of times they'll say, uh, um, oh, it's all good. I'm from Augusta. Okay, good. I got that part. <laughs> you know, I got the geography down. Okay, that's cool. But what, what, what's your story? What, what, what's your life been about? And they can unpack as much or as little as they want, but I want them to know I'm considering that. I want to know about that because I think it makes you who you are. And then lastly, consider their perspective. And I, looked, and I, and I put and look for ways to acknowledge Consider their perspective and look for what... Here's the thing I have learned. My journey affects my perspective in life. I've walked in certain shoes, and so my perspective is a certain way. Sometimes we put, our, we put value on our perspective as, it's, as if it's the Word of God. It's almost equivalent to it. And it's not true. The word is true. The word is good. But sometimes what I saw a bumper sticker the other day and it said, not everything you think is correct. I thought, well, that's kind of true. <laughs> you know? I got lots of thoughts. It doesn't mean they're all correct. But my perspective is shaped by my journey. So I want to know another person's perspective. And what I've learned is in doing so, uh, I, I, I just, I, I, I let them share. I don't feel like I have to correct it. So here's the way it works. Sometimes I'm talking with somebody and they said, man, I've been through some pain. I just feel like God's a million miles away. 
I could jump in right there and say, well, God's not a million miles away. You need to believe by faith right now that he is right there. And, and I start, no, I can acknowledge that. It doesn't mean that I'm saying, okay, you are right. He's a, I just say, you know what? I, 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 I get how you'd feel that way. I, hey, they need places. They need space to process. And I think the church has not been good at that sometimes. We've got our quick answers and we want to. And here's the thing. When I've gone through places of pain, I need the word of God. But what I first need is for somebody to actually grab onto me and give me a big hug and love on me. And then we can get to, to, to my answers. I may not want to be fixed at that moment because my heart is broken. Do you know what I'm saying? And I think if we can do that and relax and just know that it's a journey, we're going to help them. So we stop and we, and, and we consider that. This is how I came to the Lord. I was, I was, uh, uh, I was a, what I would call a happy sinner. I just was, I was in college, I was 21, I was doing my thing, I was kind of leading a little rogue group, you know, and I was, and I was just happy. I didn't want to change. I was very, was not interested in the Lord. And this, this friend of mine that I knew a little bit, he got saved and I think he kind of saw me as a project. <laughs> and so he, he reached out to me and he said, Hey, let's grab a cup of coffee in the student union. We did. We talked. I told him which clubs we'd been to the night before, and he told me what Jesus was doing in his life, and we drank coffee, and then we left. And he, the next day, he said, uh, let's get together again. Do you know that lasted probably four months, five months? Just him letting me process. Outwardly, I don't know that I showed any change. Inwardly, that pendulum was beginning to swing. I started warning what he had. I could almost cry right now and tell you, I love the fact that my sins are forgiven, but the fact that God would pursue me when I wasn't interested in him is even more overwhelming to me. Do you know what I'm saying? I think about that. God could have said, oh, he's not interested in the Lord. God said, no, that's my pastor. Yeah, he's in a dark place over here. That's what, that's, that's, he's going to be a pastor for me. The angels probably laughed when he said it. But he said, no, 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 I, 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 I got my man Carrie over here. He's working on Michael. It's all good. God's patient. We got to be patient. But I tell you what, that went on for about four or five months. And then one Saturday morning, I got up and I got on my knees and I said, I don't know, I don't know what to pray. I don't know. We're to read in the Bible, but Lord, I need you. And that day, uh, Jesus came into my life and I fell in love with Jesus. Now, can I share one more thing with you before I close? Thank you. I feel welcome here. I think this is a way the church, the, the, the church can can take on the task of reconciliation. But I can, can I tell you, this works as well. And I think it's a hand of the Lord um, in a larger picture as well. Um, several years ago, I, I, go to, I go to South Africa about once a year. Uh, I have been the last three, three or four years. 
because we have a, a work there. And um, I went to the apartheid museum and I walked through it and I was very, in Johannesburg, very overwhelmed. I realized, I, I realized that they were later in the game, but they had walked through a lot of what we had already walked through in the, in the States, in the, in the days of, of not only slavery, but the segregation and so forth. And uh, my travel companion that uh, is just a dear friend, he's 25 years old, his name's Will, he's biracial, and he's, he works, he's on my team, but we are like, we're like best friends. And, so he was with me, and so on the plane back, we just talked, and I said, Will, tell me your journey. Tell me what it's like for you. You live in both worlds. What, 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 what is your, I've never walked in your shoes. I've never been in a minority set of shoes. What's it like? And he just started unpacking. You know why he unpacked with me? Because there was a trust there. He knew, he knew I was for real. He knew I wasn't going to interrupt five seconds later and say, oh, no, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong. It's not that way. I just said, man, I want to learn. I want to I know your perspective. And I came back and I began to go to a lot of my black pastor friends and I said, what is it like walking in your shoes? And uh, at first they did this, you know, they said, oh, it's all good. It's all good. I say, hey, I know we're friends and you're letting it, my friendship with you trump you discussing anything else. But I want to know. And they began, and when they felt that place of security, they began to unpack. And I learned some things. I learned a lot. And I began to... Uh, I'm telling you, almost every one of those meetings would end up with us almost crying. And they just said, thank you. They didn't say, thank you, that you finally get it. They just said, thank you for wanting to know. And I'm telling you, our country is trying to force us, and it is forcing the country to pick camps, but the church has got to be careful about that. Because it's not important which camp I'm in, it's important that I'm a bridge to people because I want to reach all people. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm, 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 I'm telling you, I have made it a point over the last several years now, every week, every week, I intentionally have a discussion with a person of another race and I just sit there and I listen and I learn. And my perspective has changed. There's some things I thought that I said, man, my perspective is richer now because of that. And I don't know. I just sense in here there is, there's diversity, there's health, there's life, there's relationship, there's love. And I just, I just thought on the side I might challenge you in that. Try that. Try it. And just see. Because I think we can all learn from each other. Amen? Everybody good with that? So, now let's pray. Why don't you write where you are? I just talked about being a, a, a bridge to someone. Not everyone, someone. Maybe the Lord's kind of bringing someone to, to your mind right now. And uh, just ask the Lord to use you. Ask the Lord to help you connect with them and look for that place. The Bible says in Proverbs that a wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the wall that is around them. 
So you're looking for that. You're looking for that little place you can put your hand. You're looking for a place where you can help tear down that wall so that there can be a relationship and they can be right with God. God, we submit ourselves to you. We, we ask you to use us, Lord, as a church. We want to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Now, while everyone's head is bowed, I just want to take a minute. And some of you may have come in and you said, man, I, I, I agree with this. I love the thought about being a bridge. I love even more the thought of me not having my sins counted against me. And if uh, Jesus would love to come into your heart. And it's simple. And I, I'll just, I won't ask you to come up front, but just right where you are, everybody's heads are bowed. If you say, I really, I need to get my life right. I want Jesus to be in my life. I want to walk out of the door being right with him. Would you just slip up your hand? I'd just love to pray with you. We had several. Yes, I see. I see those hands. Thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Amen. Yes, thank you. We had several in the first service as well. Thank you. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Just pray it from your heart. He loves you. He loves you. He, he just wants to be, to live in you. And, and, and let's pray together. Dear God, I need you in my life. I've sin in my life that I want to get rid of. Forgive me of that sin. Come into my heart, Jesus. Make me a new person. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand just uh, for the people that gave their lives to the Lord? Amen. I'm so, so proud of you. Look, there's a next step in that. And you can find out about that at the information desk or there's probably going to be some people up here uh, that, that can pray with you if you need prayer. But take those steps and get closer to the Lord. He loves you. It'll be a wonderful journey in your life. All right, guys. You have uh, made it through. Thank you. I have had a blast. Pastor Rich, thank you for this opportunity. And... Uh, just love you guys very much.